I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Talkin' Tofu, a vegan food podcast. I'm David Streeby. I'm Becky Streepy. And this week on the show, we watched One Crazy Summer and ate Trader Joe's vegan cookies and cream vanilla bean bonbons. That's a lot of words. It's a lot. For a title of a, of a food. Yeah, it is a long title of a food. I was thinking that as I was typing out all those words. I guess Trader Joe's isn't part of it. Like, that's where it's from. But mm-hmm. Yeah. And then vegan, not part of it. It's on the package, though. That's what. Well, yes, yeah, so it was Trader Joe's. True. So it'd be the. But then we'd just say, I guess Trader Joe's is the brand, so it is part of it. Yeah. Because you would say like Briars, you would say Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, yeah. So I guess vegan's just not the part of it. So it's the same note as ever. Yes. We don't need to say the vegan. vegan part. Yeah. Yeah. Drop the vegan. Dro- no, don't. No, because how would we know otherwise? <laughs> That's the conundrum. In general. Oh, because it would hurt. You'd bonk your bottom if they drop. Yeah. And really, Mm -hmm. what we do is we lift vegans up. That's right. We don't drop them. And we don't recommend that others drop them. That's right. A a rising tide lifts all ships. (sighs) How are you? You seem good. You seem good. (laughs) I just got back from Florida. I met the baby niece and I squeezed her. Did you? She was very adorable. Really? Mm -hmm. I haven't met her yet. And uh, I held the baby and uh, did a bunch of Florida adventures. Yeah. What was the top two things you did? Top two things. Well, uh, one of the days my mom and the kid and I went to a county park that had a water park because in Florida, at least in South Florida, the county parks, some of them have water parks inside that are cheap to go to. So twice now and before we started recording, you've referred to this place as a county park, and I've never heard the term county park. It's just like Broward County Park System. I think it would just be like a park, right? I guess so, but it's owned by the county. I've never heard anybody bother to point out the fact that the, that it was a county park. Like, I've seen state park. Right, that right. carries a certain something with it. City park, you don't really ever hear. I guess, but it's different from going to like, I, I guess I'm saying it was a public water park. Right. You still pay entrance, yeah. but it's cheap. But and so not, we rode water slides. Yeah. It's yeah. not like a, a capital P park where it's like a theme park that you're paying admission to or something like that, like wet and wild or right. a water park. Right. Yeah. There were like five water slides. Right. 
I mean, that's still a lot of water slides and it was pretty great. Yeah. It was just the first time I'd ever heard County Park and I heard it a lot of times over the past. You and your mom both were describing it's- it as a county park. And I was like, have I just been missing that we call think county parks, county parks this whole time? I'm going to have to look into it. It also might belong to like the city. Oh, shit. <laughs> wow. Florida towheads get at us. Are they Florida city parks? They're like, what? What? It's a county park. Anyway, this park we went to is called TY Park and it has um, a few water slides and then it also has a really nice pool with a waterfall. And we spent a couple hours going down slides and splashing under a waterfall and it was really fun. And then I actually got mixed up because I thought it was another park called C.B. Smith Park, which is an even bigger water park with like a tubing slide that you go down and some other awesome water slides. So I think that the kid is still in Florida, and I think that he might get to go to C.B. Smith with my mom. When you described it to me before, I thought you were calling it a tubey slide. (laughs) <laughs> which like I thought it was like the closed ones like it went oh. wild they have ones that are completely closed yeah 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 and I thought that you meant it was a tubey one no. not one that you rode on an inner tube yeah so you like there's a heap of inner tubes at the bottom I mean I haven't been to this park in like 30 years okay. but there's when I went there's a heap of tubes at the bottom you pick one up you climb up a lot of stairs mm-hmm. you put your tube down you get in it and then you kind of float back down to the bottom yeah it's really nice you kind of float yeah, it's not very fast. Oh. Really? Yeah. So how many people do they let on it at once? Lots. So the line must be long. Uh, it can be. Or if they let lots of it on... Wait, is it vertical? It's, a slide. N- what, are str- you talking about a lazy river or are you talking about a vertical slide? It's it's like in between those. It's more lazy river speed that you float down. As I remember it from childhood... More than 30 years ago. How long does it take to get to the bottom? A while. I don't know, a few minutes. Okay. A lazy river takes like 20 minutes to get around. Yeah, it's not that long, but it's not like the quick like 10 second whoosh with a water slide. It's in between. Like a slide is like you're on the slide and the water is pushing you down it. And yeah, the water is covering the bottom of the slide. Yeah, yeah. But then when you say float, that implies that the... It's it's got like a couple feet of water. In the in a slide? I mean, I guess it's not a slide. I'm not. De- am I not describing this well? I did almost uh, drown on that thing when I was a little kid. I picked an underinflated tube by accident, uh-huh. and the tube crumpled underneath me, and I fell to the bottom. And it was so many people going over my head, I couldn't get back out. Why and are they I letting so many people? Stuck on the slide? my arm up, and a lifeguard grabbed it and yanked me out of the water and saved me. It walked me to the bottom. I can't picture this slide at all, that there would be just a throng of people <laughs> end to end on something that's vertical. I get it in a lazy river. I got to see a picture of this slide. Okay. I'm going to find you one. Okay. So here's like the bottom of it. But there's a water slide part that's the same <laughs> size because you have to climb up all the stairs and then you float back down. It's like a big... There's a picture of a lazy river. It is like a lazy river, but it's not... I don't know. I was little. Maybe I'm misremembering it. I mean, I'm picturing a lazy river that's at a slight incline. Yes. A slight incline. Yeah. You climb up some stairs and then you get on your tube with everybody and float down the river back to the bottom. And then you put your tube on the pile. It's not a slide. I guess it's not a slide. 
It's not it's a still a scary experience and it's still a cool ride. I just couldn't picture what you were talking about <laughs> because I thought it was a tubey slide first. Yeah. That's a lazy river. Okay. Well, they have one and other cool. stuff. Cool. He's going to love it. He's going to love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. So TY Park water slides was really fun. And then the other thing that was really fun was riding the water taxi. Uh, we got on the Fort Lauderdale water taxi at stop number one. I don't remember the name, just the number. It's a some historic house. Okay. And then we rode Is it. it Pitbull's house? Yes. And the, we got on at Pitbull's house and then we rode it down to... Oh, I had it and I lost it. Dan Marino's house. Dan Marino's house. We rode it down to a park that's right on the beach. Uh-huh. And we got off and we went through a little nature trail to the beach. And then the kids played on the beach and um, buried treasure. And it was really fun. I got to catch up with my old friend, Beth, and meet her son. Mm. And it was really nice. Well, that sounds nice. It was delightful. That sounds nice. The uh, If I could. Mm-hmm. It's called T.Y. Park. Mm-hmm. Is, is it spelled T.Y.? T period Y period. It stands for Topakiji Yungi Park. Why wouldn't they just call it Topakiji Yungi Park? That's think, way better. It is. On the signs, that's what it says. But I think if you don't want to, if you want to abbreviate for writing's sake. Huh. I think T-Y is inelegant. Oh. Well, you can always call it that. Topakiji Yungi Park. I, I will choose to do that. Cool. I just, well, I cut a beautiful corner like that. That's true. It is beautiful. Yeah. So a few beautiful things. Why would we why would we sandbag one? Dave. Hey. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, what did you do while I was gone? Nothing. You did so much. What did I do? You were so busy. I didn't do a lot. I built some tables. And then I painted the tables. And then I put the tables in the in the office. And then you got home and you didn't notice that I had done any of that. Well, in my, hey, in my defense, the tables that he built are these cool skinny platforms to go behind the couch in his office. And we already have those platforms because he's built these before yeah. to go behind the couch in the living room. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's derivative. Is that your defense? No. My defense is I was tired after traveling and it we had those already. And so I just didn't clock that it was a different room now. And I built two more and then yeah. gotten a whole bunch of plants. To put on pot. <laughs> it looks great. Whole, it does. It looks great if I do say so myself. I didn't notice because I was tired and because it was it was a new thing, but it was a thing we also already had in another wow. room. Is all. Yeah. Oh, that's good feedback. You know, I'm not one to <laughs> you know, stand back and look at what I've done and approve of it, but I was I was pretty pleased with those tables and how quickly they came together and how accurately they fit the vision. You did a really good job guess, painting them too. I guess maybe it was because I'd done it before. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You did yeah. a lot of good plant stuff. Yeah, I did that. And then did some yard work, went on a run. That's about it. You got p- plant based pizzeria. I got plant based pizzeria. I got the Georgia peach. Mm-hmm. Which is peaches, jalapenos, beyond sausage crumbles on a flatbread pizza. Flatbread, thin crust. Thin crust pizza. Super good. Oh, Super good. I had a leftover slice for lunch today, and it was a dream. One of the best pizzas in town. 
if you ask me. It's really good pizza. Yeah. So, yeah. But then I picked you up from the airport. Mm-hmm. Picked up my sweetie. That's me. And then brought you home. And you didn't notice the uh, the thing in the tables. <laughs> and then we watched a movie together. Yes, we did. But before we talk about the movie, we have a letter. This letter is from Dim Sim Kitty on Instagram. She says, Dave. Pasta water is so useful. Embrace it. Oh, Jesus. She goes on to say, the C word in Australia can mean anything from you most despicable and disgusting human being to you glorious friend, Mm. but it is not in widespread use. I never use it, but it has certainly lost some of its shock value. Hmm. So this is in reference to Dave telling a story about a British coworker. There's two... I think we got to unpack both of these. Should we unpack them both? Should we start with pasta water? No, let's start with the C word because that's the less flagrant offense, apparently. (laughs) It is. That pasta water comment caused a lot of hubbub. Dave had a British coworker that used to use the C word. Yeah, she used it kind of liberally at first. And then I had to caution her and tell her, um, we don't really do that here. (laughs) It has a different meaning here. (laughs) But do you think it's like, you think we're lagging behind or leading the charge in how that word is is received i tend to think that compared to the rest of the world americans are kind of prudish right and so i am inclined to think that we're lagging behind but but that doesn't mean i'm right that was just my first instinct right and we are prudish but we're also just so tacky and so unrefined too you know Mm mm-hmm that's true. Like, we're basically, like, showing our asses anyway, and yet we get all up in arms over this word. I don't know. Am I sounding misogynist now by, like... <laughs> no. By I don't... doing that? Because I don't mean it that way. I just mean... Well, yeah. How do we choose the line? Why are we clutching our pearls over this word when the rest of the world has released their grip on the pearls? I will word, say, if word. you think about the, the swears that Americans get the most upset about... A lot of them have to do with the female anatomy. Yeah. We can do another one. I will not. Give me a second example. The, most of them are around the word vagina, including the word vagina people get upset about. You're thinking of the T word. Okay, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what word you're talking about. Are you kidding about. me? <laughs> I'm so sheltered, Dave. Whisper it to me. I'll cut it out. Oh, oh yeah, and and that is another one that another people one. will use overseas, yeah. like very cavalierly. Yep. But like parts of the male anatomy, just throw it around. Yeah, but I will say, like, when a guy is being a dick, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I mean, it is very <laughs> accurate. <laughs> like it conjures up an image, and that image like delivers. So, should we talk about pasta water? <sighs> I know you're stalling on this topic. Yeah, let's don't... talk about more vulgarity. <laughs> Dave, say some swears. Uh, so uh, in a recent episode, uh, Dave found out that people use some of the pasta cooking water to do things like thin out sauces. And he got very upset. I didn't get very upset. I just offended. Gross. I think he said it offended you. No, the other thing offended me. Oh, the mac the and food cheese. That we <laughs> oh no. Yeah. The no. pork. The pork it was offended the pork. you. Yeah, the pork was offensive. Yeah. This is not much better though. 
that people use. They they use the water to boil the pasta. They uh-huh. take the pasta out. They strain it. They get rid of that water. They eat the pasta. But then some people are using this water because it has special powers now mm-hmm. to fortify other food. Yeah. Starchy water is great stuff. When I make <sighs> potatoes in the Instant Pot to mash. You don't. Stop. Okay. You do? You use the gray water? It's not gray water. It's just starchy water because you use so little water in the Instant Pot. Like you can cook up like five potatoes and like a half a cup of water. That water gets super starchy. And if you are out of plant-based milk, you can use that water in place of milk to mash the potatoes. Are you kidding me? Instead of milk. It's great. You still put in the like vegan butter. It still makes fluffy mashed potatoes. Dave, I've been doing this for years. Why didn't you say that last time? I just remembered about it. Oh, that's convenient. (laughs) You're saving. You're pulling that punch to to throw later. Yeah. Well, you're not going to talk me off of the shelf. Okay. Well, I think it's the water served its purpose. Mm -hmm. You can water some plants with it. That's great. You can do that with gray water. It's not. Water some plants with it. I would even say the dogs could have it. I would go as far as to say the dogs. You could would have feed it. that to the dogs. Oh, so it's not suitable for the dogs. I think it would taste weird to them oh. on its own. But what if they liked the taste? Oh, well, if they liked it, they could have it. Okay. Well, you just got so offended at the idea of this thing that you're arguing that people should use <laughs> by default. At the thought of a dog eating it. I don't know if all that starch is good for a dog. Well, you who just... says it's good for us? Not me. I'm saying the opposite. <laughs> But we eat lots of starchy foods. Dogs, Our dogs don't eat a lot of starchy food. Huh. Well, maybe this would be a good litmus to see if they could handle it. So you're proposing that I strain the pasta water, save it like aquafaba, not just- Ah, no. And then give it to the dogs. That's even worse. No, just feed the plants with it. Water the plants with it. I mean, also by your definition, aquafaba is gray water. No, because it's not water. It's the cooking liquid from Eh, beans. It's a liquid. I agree with you that it's a liquid, but it is not water. It's what do you what do you boil beans in? You boil beans in water, and then when you drain them, you save that water, and that's the aquafaba. No, but when you when you open a can of beans, mm-hmm. the liquid that's in there is not water. It's the cooking water. It it's just not. concentrated because of hot bath canning. Hot bath canning. Yes, because it's it gets first time thicker. I've ever heard this phrase. What is that? Well, I guess I don't know if that's what they use for like industrial canning, but when you're canning something, you heat it up. Okay. And that makes the aquafaba thicken. Yeah. To me, that is you've prepared a product and it's a byproduct, but it's a product. And then we found a clever use for that product. This is just, you put some pasta in some water and you cooked it for a while and then you took the pasta out of it. That's not the same thing. It's just a byproduct of making pasta. No, it's water that you ruined by cooking pasta in it. But you can water your plants with it. I I agree that it's not toxic. Can we agree on that? Can we agree that you are making me upset? Dim Sim Kitty is making me upset. Oh my gosh. Dim Sim Kitty is great. Did you solicit this letter? No, you solicited this letter by having a bad take. Don't do the parenting thing, which is like, (laughs) no, you made this happen by acting up. Hey. What? Do you want to talk about this movie? We watched One Crazy Summer. We did watch One Crazy Summer. It came to my attention recently that uh, Becky had never seen 
Better Off Dead or One Crazy Summer. And I sounded the alarms and was like, well, we got to watch it. They were both huge films for me when I was a kid, uh, really formulated a big part of my sense of humor. And watching One Crazy Summer again recently, not to get too ahead of it, was like, yeah, I can see where a lot of the stuff that I enjoy now and a lot of the timing and, and stuff that I enjoy now, I can see it in this movie. Um, we were going to watch Better Off Dead and then One Crazy Summer because they were both directed by Savage Steve Holland, both starring John Cusack, both had an animated, uh, significant animated portion of them, which really spoke to me as a kid. Uh, but Better Off Dead is not streamable anywhere. And the more I thought about it, the less I wanted to revisit a comedy that made fun of suicide or like like one of the biggest running jokes in the movie is is that he's trying to kill himself like a lot oh and i was like yeah i get it it's a dark comedy whatever um but still not something i want to spend my time on right now so Mm -hmm. uh i was initially bummed that it's not streamable uh but i got over it and moved on to one crazy summer and um but before we get into it I want to ask you, like, what was your awareness of either of these movies? I had very little awareness. I knew that John Cusack was in them. That's it? Yep. And you I knew that anything? this one was about summer. All right. I really, I knew nothing, nothing about these movies. Had barely, like, heard of them. You didn't know better off dead. Not really. The newspaper boy who wants his $2. Who harasses him for $2, wants his $2, and then like chases him down for his $2. And he says, I want my $2. And then like rides his bike off a cliff, Mm-mm. chasing his $2. You don't know about the stop motion hamburger dance with the, to the song Everybody Wants Some. It's like a music video with stop motion hamburger. Everybody wants some. I want some too. It's not really. Everybody up. wants some. And baby, how want you? You don't? Not at all. No. It's just watching Ruthless People over and it's over <laughs> during that time. It's a shame. I've never seen Ruthless People. What? I never did. The movie poster freaked me out too much. People in those duck masks holding a gun? Yeah. It's too much. Judge Reinhold. Huh? Isn't Bette Midler that. in it? I don't know. Yeah, Bette Midler. Okay. Danny DeVito. Okay. Bill Pullman. Okay. Anyway, so you didn't know anything about One Crazy Summer? Not a thing. I got the Wikipedia plot thing printed out to jog my memory if needed. I read it while you were getting ready to record. (laughs) Yeah, while you were talking. That's why I didn't answer you. So One Crazy Summer, like many films that kind of became staples with me as a kid, they... They were on the HBO free preview weekend. Okay. And so my family would get the schedule for that weekend and we'd all take shifts um, with the VCR. We did that too. Recording the movies. So I had like One Crazy Summer, another staple for me, Caddyshack 2. Not one, but Caddyshack 2. Okay. Mannequin. Okay. Police Academy 3. Uh, which oddly enough was my parents were clear that Police Academy 3 was the first one I was allowed to watch as a kid. One and two are pretty randy. Oh, are they? Yeah. And they'd seen them? I assume, or they were told by a friend that they were pretty randy. But I feel like my parents went there. 
in their younger days. So uh, I think they would have watched the Randy movie, maybe. Aww. Maybe my dad forced my mom to watch Police Academy 1. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I had this one. This one, I don't know. It felt like I didn't really have a lot of friends who knew about it or who watched it. Around the age I was getting into this, most of my friends were getting into like the Robocops and the war movies and all that stuff, which I liked that stuff too, but something about this really got me. I can see that. This movie is very cartoony, not just that it has the animated portions, but like even the live action parts have very cartoony moments. Yeah. I can see that really like speaking to your sense of humor. It's really silly. Mm-hmm. In a way that is kind of subtly silly, but it's not subtle. But there are just a lot of like passive jokes in it that are happening. Mm-hmm. And the main action is pretty slapsticky. Yeah. Also, though, the relationships between the main friend group is very sweet and sincere. Yeah. And I know how much you like. I do like positive sweet. things. I do, I do like sweet positive <laughs> things. I could see it. It does hit a lot of your buttons. I don't know if it formed some of those buttons for you, but I, I could see it looking, yeah. knowing you know, knowing you now. Yeah, I didn't know you in 1986, but you did not know me in 1986. But it seems um, like a very Dave Streepy movie. Is my point. Well, also, it holds up pretty well. Well, that's can what I say I was, that right now? Yeah, I think that watching this, I feel like. And it's true, I think, with like John Hughes movies, for sure. Like I'll watch movies from the 80s with kind of a squinted eye because mm-hmm. I'm ready to remember what I loved that still rings true and confront what I loved that is not great now. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways, like be forced to acknowledge the way that these movies kind of made it okay for me to think that way as a kid in the eighties too. And not that a movie gives you permission to think that way, but you see other people acting that way. You see other guys on in movies acting a certain way towards women or acting away with, with other guys about women. And like it, it, it creeps in there, you know, kids are impressionable. Yeah. 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 Um, So I was kind of ready to do this with one crazy summer. And I got to say, I feel like I made it through like scot free. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. I feel like the people who were doing the cringy stuff were, were supposed guys. to suck. Yeah. And so it was like more indications of how much they sucked. Yeah. I also can't think of anything super cringy. I, I don't know how I feel about Demi Moore's braids, but yeah. other than that, I'm I'm on board. Oh, 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 I will say my very first note was, oh, just a mass shooting joke right off the bat. I don't remember what that was, though. So there's a running joke. So Hoops, John Cusack's character, he's a cartoonist. And the opening scene is one of several cartoons throughout the movie where Hoops, his avatar in this cartoon is that he's a big rhino. And it was like the rhino's looking for love. You know, he was determined to find love this summer or something. And there are these other characters called the cute and fuzzy bunnies that are in this cartoon world. And they're there to thwart him. Mm-hmm. Um, love in the cartoon is a blind Cupid, which again, ding. I don't know, it's supposed to be love is blind, right? Right. Yeah. Love is but, blind. I mean, you can still do that a little bit more elegantly, but hoops is chasing love. 
the cute and fuzzy bunnies get in his way and they're like pranking him but in an acme cartoon sense where mm -hmm. they're like they've got bombs and they're trying to kill him you know so he gets mad and pulls out what's it looks like an ar-15 <laughs> right but he calls he calls it an israeli something oh yeah cool <laughs> he pulls out a gun and um just like mows them all down and like blows bullet holes through them all yeah yeah that set the stage for me where i was ready to be very cringed about this whole movie but then really after that it, it's pretty fine i mean the those things keep happening in the cartoons like there keeps being like there's yeah. a lot of like, but it's like cartoony violence of like very Acme style. Right. Like that I felt a little bit more like because it was he couldn't find love. So he comes back with a big gun and shoots everybody. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, I don't care for this. But the rest of it is very like Coyote and Roadrunner style. Stuff. Yeah. And there's kind of an over indexing of military activity in the movie itself. Yes. There's a bazooka. There's um, like they blow up the boat. Mm -hmm. there's uh the firing range the shelling range where akak is mm -hmm. there's at the end oh the dad the has that crossbow that, yeah there's the crossbow there's at the end the dad the rocket that blows up the radio station there so there's a there's a lot of there's an itch getting scratched here yes but it also doesn't really seem like a super toxic itch it just seems like it's done because it's funny or silly it seems like they're doing it to be silly, but it also seems not very pro-military to me. The main source of all this military stuff is Akak's dad, yeah. who's not cool. Joe Flaherty. Joe Flaherty. From SCTV. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Freaks and Geeks. He's not a cool dad. Right. Bad dad. He owns like a military antique store and he's a scout leader and he's like super militaristic to the point where he... He shuns his son because his son is too soft for the military. Yeah, his son's a, a sweet kid with a big heart. Yeah. And then, well, so I think it's not a very pro-military thing right. at all. I think it's like we were, I was saying earlier, like the stuff that would make me feel cringy is usually pinned on a character that's not aspirational. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I feel like we're getting oh, way ahead. Yeah, of we are. We are. Let's let's dive into this movie. Okay, so Hoops is graduating. It's graduation day at generic high school. <laughs> <laughs> Hoops is with his friend, George, George Calamari. <laughs> it's just fun. This is fun. Yeah. Uh, George is convincing him to go with him to Nantucket for the summer. He's got a place in Nantucket. His grandma lives in Nantucket. He's pretty easy to convince. They graduate. They go. He's got to pick up George's sister because George's sister is coming with him. George's sister is like 10 years younger than he is and has a little dog. Yeah. Bosco. Bosco, who's not well. Bosco Bosco's has a, a permanent cone around his neck and has like bandages and stuff. George is like, hey, whatever you do, don't make fun of her dog. Some other little girls do make fun of her dog. And the crossing guard catches them making a face at her and says, hey, if you do that and somebody slaps you on the back, it'll stay that way forever. And they're like, yeah, whatever. And then uh, George's sister surprises him and slaps him on the back. 
and it makes their face stay that way. Their for faces the stay duration of the for movie. For the rest of the movie, and it's the best <laughs> running joke ever. It's so great. Because they keep running up to people, and the people keep screaming and having like going into panic. It's wonderful. Yeah. Their faces stick like that. Yeah. Uh. So they're on their way to Nantucket. They stop at a gas station. Hoops is going into a bathroom. While he's in the bathroom, a bunch of bikers come in. They open up all the stalls. They find Demi Moore. And uh, Hoops realizes that Demi Moore hid some money that I guess the bikers were looking for. He grabs the money, throws it up in the air, causes a distraction. And Demi Moore gets away with Hoops and George. He throws the money in the air. I was wondering why they stopped chasing them. Yeah. Because they got their money. Well, they didn't stop chasing them. But then like, they drove off the pier. Oh yeah. So they're they're doing a high speed chase in this beater of a car, and uh, Demi Moore like pops her head up out of the back seat, which is like you would have seen her get in there. But whatever. Um, <laughs> they knock over all the bikes, which is like biker law one hundred and one. The bikers are all chasing them. They are approaching the docks. Hoops is like, wait, there's a boat. He's like, I'm scared of boats. And George is like, too bad. They approach this boat, which is very far away. Already, so far. Yeah. <laughs> but then by the time the stunt car is jumping off of the dock, the boat is much closer. Land, the, the car lands on the boat and the bikers land in the water. And then this part that you didn't like. Oh, yeah. One of the bikers <laughs> has spiky hair and he comes up and there's all these fish impaled on his head. And I hated it. it made me so upset. Yeah. Because his hair was so spiky. When he got in the water. I get the joke. And they weren't real fish. I know they weren't real fish. It just upset me. Yeah. They were convincing prop fish. I think all the lobsters were prop lobsters too. I hope so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they were. So let me get my notes out as you're going through. Well, no, I'm like, that's like the first like 10 minutes of the movie. And I was like, the pacing in this movie is fantastic. Mm -hmm. There's not a down moment in this movie. I agree. What are your thoughts so far? Um, We're on our way to Nantucket. I said, I like this cartoony vibe. And then I said, baby John Cusack, baby Demi Moore. Is anyone not in this movie? Uh, and, oh, I also noted that hoops on that boat is me on any airplane ever. Just so, He was sitting in the lifeboat, yeah. just basically curled up in a ball, yeah. waiting for it to be over. That's me on every plane trip. <laughs> That's where it's established that he's bad at at basketball. I think he says it before. But no, he does like try to throw something away at the gas station and he misses. But so he's talking to Demi Moore and George keeps trying to offer him a chili dog. (laughs) And he grabs it out of his hand and goes to throw it in the trash can. But instead (laughs) it hits a guy in the chest who's asleep. And... The guy like wakes up and looks around to see who threw the chili dog at him. And he turns to these girls and says, hey, what are you doing? And the girls turn around and they're the girls with the faces (laughs) that got stuck that way. And the whole boat freaks out because they look so hideous. It's just great. It's It's just a belly laugh. It is. It's just great. I love a callback. Yeah. And they don't go away. No. They're there the whole time. You'll see from them again. Yeah. See from them again. You'll see from them again for sure. So the next note that I have is about when we meet the dad. And when we meet the dad of the bad kid, 
We're not at the dad yet, though. Oh, well, that's the next note I took, I guess, was okay. when we meet the dad. Well, your, your who isn't in this movie note is especially relevant once the boat docks at Nantucket uh-huh. because they meet the Stork brothers, mm-hmm. one of whom is... Bobcat Goldthwait. Right. So that's another big name. That's all. That's oh, all yeah. It's another big name. I stopped taking note because I was like, everyone's in this movie, yeah. obviously. So... They're they're two sweet guys. One's Bobcat being Bobcat. His brother is Teddy. Bobcat is Egg. And Teddy is his brother. Teddy is just a really super sweet guy. Clay. Clay. We gotta replace all that with Clay. Can you just Clay? Can you just replace all of that with Clay? <laughs> yes, I'll because do that. Because Teddy's not a good guy. No. Teddy's a bad guy. Teddy is bad. And that's what we find out right at that moment when Teddy drives up in his car. And Hoops accidentally brushes on his car. Oh, yeah. Does he pick him up by the throat? Does he pick him up by the throat? Maybe he picks him up by his shirt. He picks him up. Yeah, he picks him up and then he hangs him on a hook. Like the kind of hook you would put a shark on if you caught Jaws or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he yells at him, never, ever touch my car. Like a little baby. (laughs) He's pretty great at being a bad guy. Yeah, he is like a big baby. Yeah, And his girlfriend, Cookie, gives him a box of cookies. To yeah. like pacify him. It's pretty great. I feel like we're getting too beady with this. Like we're talking about like almost every line. Mm-hmm. And by we, I mean me. Yeah. So you love this movie. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. So that's Teddy. Teddy is the rich boy. The Stork twins work for Teddy. They kind of run a mechanic shop, but they also work for Teddy. Yeah. And Teddy's and dad. Teddy works on movies. Is he an actor? I don't. Does he work? No, he doesn't. No, they're security for a Jaws type movie with a dolphin with rabies. Oh, I guess they work on his car. Remember, yeah. he fixes. They work on his car. They work on his car. Yeah. So now do we meet the dad? Go, yeah, go so for it. We meet the dad and we know immediately that the dad is a bad guy because it's a movie in the 80s. And so what the dad does is puts a stethoscope on and then drops a lobster into a pot to hear it scream because that's how you show that someone's a really bad guy in an 80s movie. Wouldn't that wouldn't the heat transfer through the stethoscope and burn your ears? I don't. Oh yeah, the steam. I don't know. Just mean the metal of the stethoscope. Mm, I don't know. I haven't tried this because I'm not a bad guy in an '80s movie. I hope it happened to him. Me too. He was a a bad dad. Oh, my next note was Ted's floaties. Ted swims in the pool. And he wears floaties like like a baby, like yeah, a he toddler. Do, he does his laps in the pool while his dad's talking about the nefarious plans. And I guess let's lay out what the nefarious plan is. So Demi Moore, Cassandra's grandfather has passed away. The grandfather owns a house. Mm-hmm. Is the house a nursing home? Or is she the... says a lot of people live there. Yeah. I'm it I don't think they're very clear. I think maybe it is a nursing home. Okay. But there's a back mortgage of three thousand dollars that she owes. <laughs> and I was like, that's adorable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh so she's come back to the island because she has to bury her grandfather. They're gonna lose the house, the Beckersteads. They have a plan to buy the house tear it down, and build the island's biggest lobster restaurant. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the stakes. There's also this regatta, this annual regatta every summer, and Teddy wins it every year. And the grandfather, 
who is Uncle Lewis from Christmas Vacation. As long as they win it, the grandfather lets them like live in the lap of luxury. But if they ever lost the regatta for some reason, the grandfather would take it all away. Yeah, they don't really specify why that is, right. but it it is. I mean, rich people have weird rules like that. Yeah. Right? So high stakes on this regatta. Yeah. But that comes later. Right now, it's just like they're aware of it. Mm-hmm. They talk about the regatta, but really they're talking about getting this house from Cassandra so that they can build their lobster restaurant. Mm-hmm. They got two Trek mind, but just the two. Mm-hmm. Well, and Teddy's got Cookie. Yeah, but he's not really paying a lot of attention to her. Which we find out because Cookie's got her eye on hoops. Yeah, she does. Yeah. So should we go on to that? Because I feel like that's like the next beat of yeah. the story. I feel like Teddy's dynamic with Cookie is like super abusive. Yeah. And they're a little jokey about that. I didn't care for it. It's also like, it. I thought it was strange that she's kind of portrayed as being somebody who like, is like making the most out of it. I feel like they're portraying her as kind of a gold digger, maybe. She's with him because she wants his money. Kind of. Like she plays the rules. Like if he snaps, she'll come. But also like she'll just go out with hoops and be really forward with hoops and like come on to him. But I guess that's a little bit abusive too because she knows that that's going to make Teddy mad and it's going to sick Teddy on hoops. So it's kind of like playing with hoops as well. Yeah, she doesn't care that that's going to happen. Right, right. So she wants what she wants. But it's still like that's kind of it's kind of powerful. In a way. It's just a maligned power. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of yeah. dysfunctional. Yeah. She doesn't seem herself to be an unhappy person, but maybe that's an 80s filter being placed on that kind of a relationship. Yeah. You know? So like Dave said, she asks Hoops to go out with her to the drive-in. And the night that she asks Hoops to do that, Teddy is supposed to be at this party that Egg and his brother were going to be working at. And that night, Cassandra is playing a concert to raise money to oh, pay the mortgage. That's right. Who did he say yes to first? He said yes to Cookie first and then yes to Cassandra and was going to bail out on Cookie, but Cookie got there before he could leave. Okay. I wasn't clear on how that all had shaken yeah. out. Okay, cool. Okay, so the plan as far as the date with Cookie was that if Teddy left the party, then Egg and and or Clay was going to call the drive-in and alert George, George, who was going to tell Hoops. (laughs) So I knew from the jump that this plan was going to fail, but watching it unfold was still stressed me out so much. Also, an impossible storyline nowadays. Like now you just text Hoops. One text and that story's over. Yeah. I guess he would lose his phone. So the reason that Egg is unable to alert his friend is because he gets stuck in a Godzilla costume. (laughs) Because they're guarding their security for this movie. And he goes through the prop trailer and puts on all the costumes. And then he smashes the model of yeah. the of the the He's new restaurant great. in the Godzilla costume. Pretty great. Which is pretty great. Uh, at that time, Akak is kicked out of his father's house. Mm-hmm. And Teddy realizes that Cookie's out with hoops. They all, they're all on the chase. Everybody's on the chase. And they all end up at the Dew Drop End where Cassandra was playing her concert, but the concert is over. So she comes out and realizes that not only did he not come like he said he would to support her, but he was out with Cookie. Does that make clear? I do. To her? 
I think she realizes it when they all show up together. Maybe but not. There's like a dozen people there. That's true. And she comes out. This is the part we missed. She thinks that Hoops is called Hoops because he can play basketball. She's not aware that he's bad at basketball. Mm-hmm. Teddy's about to beat Hoops up. She's like, hold on. I'll bet you $100 he can beat you at basketball. Which is <laughs> like Whoops. really random pull. But uh, So that's where she learns that he cannot play basketball. She loses the $100. And it looks real grim. And then they get the idea. If we win the regatta, we could trade it for the house. Oh, I also did want to mention just a, a beat that really stuck with me was uh, at a gas station. The little sister is at the gas station with George and the dog. There, grandma she, and the dog. Grandma and the dog. She, the little sister's in the back seat with the dog, and for some reason, these two workers from the gas station lean in to the window and their ties flop into the window and they start being super mean about the dog. And so uh, what the sister does is roll the window up so that when the grandma drives away, yeah. they get dragged behind the car. And I, I just thought that her defending her dog at the gas station super rolled. Yeah, that's pretty great. Be nice to dogs, everyone. So they decide to do the regatta. They get an old beat up boat. Akak helps them find a boat. Akak's living with George at this point because he got kicked out of his house. And did you say that he got kicked out because he told his dad he didn't want to be a Marine? No, I did not specifically say that, but that's important. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very sad. That was actually very heartbreaking. I didn't enjoy that. Well, I mean, it was a good story. It made me feel sad is what I'm saying. I feel Um, like I'm making it sound like I didn't enjoy this movie. I really did. There were just a few moments where I was like, oh, I have one more note. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Somersaults are the rollerblades of this movie. So many somersaults. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't disagree that there are so many somersaults, but I mean, we can't downplay the amount of rollerblading that's in Hackers, and it's an unfair tether <laughs> to connect those two. How many when, times does when, John Cusack- I counted three different somersault scenes. Were there only yeah. three? Maybe they were just in quick succession. Yeah. Were they maybe. close together? No. Well, I was going to give it to you, but oh. there's- Two that are maybe close together. One when he gets knocked down the stairs and he mm-hmm. somersaults it. One when he gets knocked over in the at the beach. He goes down a hill? He, get, he goes down a hill and the Boy Scouts swarm him and wrap him up with bandages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there's somebody at the end who does a somersault when they're escaping the missile. Oh, gotcha. So they get an old beat up boat. Akak finds him a boat. Yeah. They fix it up 80s montage style. Yes. Like this might be... The definitive 80s montage. The boat, when they received it, was real bad. They touched it, and whoever touched it, their hand went right through the wood. Yeah, yeah. But they they basically stripped this boat down and put it back together, and the paint job and font on the boat, and that they called it the boat, I enjoyed that a lot, because I felt like as a a high schooler, if I had taken on something like that with my friends, that's what we would have called it, the boat. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and they, they zip-tied an Odie doll on the front of the boat, yep. which really made me happy. Which leads to a weird scene shortly thereafter. So they make the boat. They make Hoops the captain. Hoops is like, I'm not doing that. I'm scared of boats. They talk him into it. Because Demi Moore says, you just haven't had the right experience on a boat. Yeah. So I guess we're supposed to infer that he now has had the right experience on a boat and is ready to captain. Oh, you mean they did it on a boat? I think they did it in the boat. Oh. Off camera, which for an 80s movie to not show any of that is pretty, that alone. What's this movie rated? 
Seems like, because there's very little cussing in it too. Seems like it's a pretty clean one. I don't see the rating. Hmm. I'll look it up. You talk more about the boat. Talk about the engine of the boat. Well, hold on. Okay. They're giving that away. So he then becomes the captain of the boat. And that's kind of weird because the day of the regatta comes, the Memoir is not anywhere near the boat. And there are no women on any of the boats. It's an all-male regatta. All the, the whole crew is men. All the boats, all of the crews are men, which feel it, it felt like it was presented without comment. Like, of course, this is the way it is. Oh, yeah. I wrote a note about that. Why are there no women? Right. It's PG. Okay. Also, PG is great. Like, it's amazing that, and maybe that's why I was able to watch this movie as much as I was, because it was PG. Also, Teddy's second in command, his his primary henchman, Jeremy Piven. Yeah. Which we have not said uh, up to this point. Oh, yeah. Being very Jeremy Piven. Very. Defining Jeremy Piven <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Such a bro. He's like a total bro. He's perfectly cast for this. Ar- arguably better cast to be the rich douchebag than Teddy is. Hmm. Like, Teddy's a good, like, I guess more of a straight man. I don't know. Those those floaties? Right. But, I mean, that's like his costume that he's wearing while he's playing the role straight. Yeah, that's Whereas, true. He is pretty serious. Like, Jeremy Piven is more like the sauce. Yeah, he, he uh, yes. He's slimy. Yeah. He's a little worm tongue in, uh, in Teddy's ear. Mm-hmm. So what happens when they arrive when the the hoops and the gang arrive at the regatta, they're doing a choreographed dance to dancing in the street. Mm-hmm. They come up to Teddy's boat. Teddy and his crew all flip them the birds and then spit on them. And then Jeremy Piven, no, then Jeremy Piven hands Teddy a pair of scissors because he just had one. Well, and- I would think, if you're going to do a sailboat thing, you probably need scissors. But if you're holding your hand out and the scissors instantly go in the hand, yeah, you is- had the scissors ready. Yeah. <laughs> Teddy goes over, cuts the tongue off of Odie, which is flagrant enough. That's where the hoops Rude. and the crew really starts getting riled up. And then uh, he feeds it to Jeremy Piven. Yeah. Jeremy Piven eats the, eats the tongue. Just swallows it right down. Yeah. Horrible. Which I'm like, how do you practice a scene like that? Disgusting. I mean, he had to. Have, he couldn't have swallowed that tongue. No, I tried not to think too much about it at the time, but I want to say that he probably spat it back out. Yeah, Jeremy Piven, if you're listening, did you eat that tongue? All right, we're gonna spoil the movie at this point. So the whole movie, yeah. Well, we're gonna spoil how it ends. Yeah, right for sure. So for those of y'all who just want to leave, I don't blame you. But if you're here for the spoilers, yeah, welcome back. Yeah, you don't care. No. You don't care. We're going to ruin it for you. Mm-hmm. So they're on the regatta. Wait a minute. Don't leave because you'll miss our review what? of the Trader Joe's Cookies oh, and Cream boy. Bonbons. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which my computer autocorrected to Bonbons in the title bon-buns. of this episode. Aww. Top of the page. Bonbons. Bon That's cute. So they're doing the race. The race is going pretty well. They're actually performing well. They did a good job with the boat. Their boat is so colorful and yeah. beautiful, and their sail is like, like a quilt. 
is like a quilt of all like old t-shirts and sheets and stuff. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. I don't think it would be a very good sale. Shh, it's a great boat. Yeah. It just seems heavy mm-hmm. for a sale. Yeah. Anyway, they're doing okay. And then all of a sudden, Teddy's dad comes out from the bottom of the boat. With a crossbow. With a crossbow. He's been using this crossbow the whole movie. Yeah. So it's no surprise that he's now using the crossbow for true evil. So he comes out. He so he shoots the rope holding the sail. The sail falls down. There's no way to get it up because the rope is broken. They're dead in the water. So Teddy, surprisingly, is like, hey, I could have beat him on my own merits. And the dad's like, you got to cheat to win. Like, <laughs> that's just how it works. They're pulling ahead. Hoops gets the idea. He can tie the sail to a ball. There's a hoop at the top of the boat. He throws it. And for once, Hoops makes the shot. Saves the day. The The sail goes up. They're back in business. Meanwhile, Teddy's boat is up against the number two boat or like the boat that's in the lead. And they like poke that boat with a stick. Jeremy Piven like leans over and pokes that boat with a stick. Yeah. Knocks the sail, knocks into one of the crew members, knocks the crew member into the water, potentially like drowning him. Like he it was hits him floating in the head. face down yeah. in the water. So that's okay. But using a crossbow is out of bounds. Yeah, wild. So then Akak dives off of the the boat and saves the guy from drowning and says, Go on without me, beat him. And he saves this guy's life. I thought that was so wonderful. Yep. Heartwarming. Yeah. Akak yeah. rules. Akak really does. Akak played by Curtis Armstrong. Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. And just can't overstate what a good job he does in this movie. <laughs> he's just so a really good. sweet guy the entire time. And he's written that he's written so sweetly. He plays it so sweetly. And he really kind of makes your heart break for such like a tender hearted person in a family that is trying so hard to make him not that way. You know? Yeah, he really holds on to who he is. Yeah. So. They go on. And now it's the engine portion right. of the race. There's three portions of the race. One is paddles. One is sails. The third one is engines. So we're, we're up so to engines. We got to flash back for a minute because we haven't talked about this part. <gasps> oh, yeah. We got to flash back. Go for it. Teddy brings his Ferrari, the one that he told uh, Hoops never to touch ever, ever. He brings it to the auto shop where egg and his brother whose name i can never remember clay clay work yeah and while they're building the boat they're trying to figure out what to do about an engine for the engine portion because the one that they were able to procure not great y'all not a great engine they're feeling sad about it and then in walks clay or clay drives in with the ferrari and says teddy needs us to work on the ferrari and he has a black eye no, he has a bloody nose. Oh, I, he has a bloody nose. Yeah. yeah. And he's like crying, but trying to hide that he's crying to his brother. And Egg says, did he hit you? And Clay just kind of doesn't say anything. And Egg loses his shit. Yeah. And then they close grabs the garage door. Yeah, grabs a chainsaw <laughs> and then they close the garage door. So now is the moment when they smash the back off of their own boat to reveal that the back of the boat is really the Ferrari yeah. with the engine. Yeah. Is the Ferrari's engine in the back? It, lo- it Sure. It appears to be yeah. because they turn on that Ferrari engine and they win the regatta. Yeah, it's like an amazing engine. Well, and they don't even... Do they not even see it at first? Like... 
they blow it off. They have to blow off the back of their right. own boat to reveal it. I was wondering if, does Teddy see it at the same time the audience sees it or does the audience already know it? Because I think there's the part where the back blows off of it and they start going. And I think that's the part where we see it. We see yeah. that's the Ferrari. We all but then they see it racing along and Teddy's like, what have they got in that thing? Oh, yeah. And then it passes them and he sees his Ferrari in the back of it. That's right. That's a pretty great moment. It is pretty yeah. great. Take that, Teddy. Yeah. Yeah. And so they win. They get the trophy. Then Hoops tries to make a trade with Teddy. He's like, give me the house. I'll give you the trophy. Teddy's like, you're only half right. And he yanks the trophy from him. And tries to take them both. And then the grandfather says... The true trophy is friendship or some shit like that. <laughs> and gives him the trophy and the deed to the house that he's just walking around with. Just had it with him. Brought it to the regatta. As you do. Handed, handed Cassandra the deed to the house. So they got the house. They got the trophy. Apparently the the Teddy and his dad are in ruins. And Joe Flaherty walks up the dock to his son, Akak, who's walking up the dock all by himself, drenched wet. Tells him that he's a true hero. Tells him that he's proud of him. Then he wants him to move back in. And Akak says something like, even though I don't want to join the Marines. And he was like, that's okay. No, he says, do I have to get back the bazooka? Because <laughs> he stole a bazooka. Because he had to blow up a boat so that they could steal the lobster bit to play a prank on Teddy oh, yeah. and his dad. Yeah, there's a lot, yeah. Of, a lot of that that we, we kind of glossed over. a lot over. of stuff, yeah. Well, we didn't want to give you every second yeah, of the movie. Yeah, only wanted to give you 95% of it, not yeah. 100%. You want to see all these bl- boats getting blown up by bazookas. Yeah. Unoccupied boats. We didn't even tell them about the radio contest, and we're not gonna. No. There's a there's a plot line about a radio contest. It also culminates with a bazooka. No, why are you doing that? <laughs> I don't think that one's a bazooka. That's a rocket launcher. Oh. Different. It's a more elegant tool. The dad, Akak's dad, owns an Army-Navy store, and it reminds me of... How much I used to love the Army Navy store as a kid because you could get like old, you could get like sailor pants and stuff. And in the 90s, when I would go to raves, you could get the uh, like big old raver pants for a very cheap and yeah. they were like well made. I had a couple of pairs of sailor pants from the Army Navy store yeah. as a teen. Nice. Anyway, that threw me back when they were in the store. It seemed to me like he was more of a military antiques guy yeah. and not an army navy surplus guy and yeah. i think there's a but i pretty... thought the sign on the front said army yeah. navy no i'm saying like you're right that he's an, that it was an army navy store i'm saying his behavior was one of like a military antiques guy who's a little bit more like obsessed with glory and and war and valor and victory and all that stuff it reminded me when i was in the 80s when i was a kid there were these like military antique stores and I never really thought it was weird that they existed in the, <laughs> with the footprint that they did until I was a grown up and looked back at that and like, wow, there was a lot of people who really obsessed about old war tools, like and old shells and things like that. Like he had like bombshells yeah. in the military surplus store. And it's like, that's, that's an antique store. Like that's a gun fetishist store, you know? Yeah. I just thought it was strange. Yeah. But no, you're right. And I think they were just putting like this this guy in that setting because that's a more appropriate setting for Boy Scouts to be in. You know? Yeah. So do you want to talk about the uh, bonbons? Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. 
So you all might remember these bonbons from a previous segment of Talk and Toe News when Dave was reading about the new Trader Joe's stuff that was out. Yeah. I went out like the, the next, next day, day. Yeah. <laughs> to Trader Joe's to try to get all the stuff. And I was semi-successful. And what I did successfully find were these cookies and cream vanilla bean bonbons. Yeah. I sent a picture to Dave, Yeah, purchased them. Came home and as I was putting them in the freezer, I received a text from my friend Bonnie yeah. saying, "Look what I found at Trader <laughs> Joe's! <laughs> <laughs> These bonbons are sweeping the nation, everyone." Sweeping Eastern Atlanta. Yes. So the ice cream in these is coconut based, and it has cookie pieces in it, and then the ice cream is coated in chocolate as a bonbon is. Yep. Oh, so I my notes I said they are as good as advertised. The ice cream is rich and creamy. So is the chocolate. The ice cream has no coconut aftertaste that I could detect, which is was shocking to me because it's tricky with coconut stuff. You often don't have an aftertaste. The only small critique I had of these was that I wish that there had been more cookie pieces in the ice cream. Mm. When I did get a cookie piece, it was like a special moment of joy. Mm. And I wish that I could have had more of those. Uh, that will not stop me from purchasing and eating these again just if they wanted to like bump this up into even more amazing territory more more cookie pieces would do it but Mm. i think even as is these were incredible yeah yeah what did you think i was not impressed whoa right right i look i'm not gonna turn away a bonbon a bonbon would have to be really bad for me to be like i'm not gonna eat this you know because it's like the perfect idea but I felt like the ice cream itself wasn't that flavorful. I had forgotten that it was cookies and cream. To echo your point, there were no cookies in there. Yeah, very few. I yeah. got a piece of cookie and was like, oh, yeah, there's supposed to be cookies in here. Yeah. So it was like, it was just like a subpar vanilla inside of the shell, which subpar vanilla would be okay if it was cookies and cream and you were getting cookies in there. Like that would be the the reason for it, you know, because there's supposed to be less of that vanilla. Making room for the cookies. Right. And then the shell itself, like that chocolate wasn't particularly flavorful. Oh, I thought that chocolate. Okay, go on. It got on my hands. It made me feel like a messy baby. (laughs) And I had messy chocolate around my mouth. And what was going in my belly was not particularly like flavorful. And so I just kind of came away from it feeling pretty disappointed because I had gotten so excited about it. Well, that's a stone cold bummer, Dave. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's a bonbon. I'd rather have a bonbon than not have a bonbon. Yeah. So there's that. Mm-hmm. I just feel like there could be a better bonbon. And as I'm thinking about it, Trader Joe's ice cream on the whole, a little bit subpar. What about that chocolate cherry? A little bit subpar. Really? In a world without Ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia, great. In a world with it, a little bit subpar. And I think that the Trader Joe's chocolate cherry, I like it better than the non-dairy Cherry Garcia. I knew you were going to say that. And to that, I would counteract, I feel like that you're thinking of the early version of the Cherry Garcia and not the fixed version of the Cherry Garcia. Because we had this strong reaction to it when it first came out. That and the Chunky Monkey. Oh, that Chunky Monkey. Chunky Monkey is... Should not exist. That's why it doesn't exist anymore. It's <laughs> one of the worst ice creams I've ever had in my life. It was so bad. But the Cherry Garcia, we were both very underwhelmed by. And I feel like that's a stain on both of our memories. So they fixed it? Yeah. We need to get it they again. They 100% fixed it. We have gotten it again. Oh, I don't think I ate any of it. It did. And, and you said you liked it better. 
Dave, I'm going to say something shocking. I know. I know. I don't remember that. One day you'll forget who I am. No, I'll never forget. <sighs> well, that's our show. No, we got to rate these. Wait, what? What are we rating? The bonbons. We're in the bonbons? We can rate them both. Okay, no. Look, One Crazy Summer, it's, it's A+. plus. What? <laughs> okay. Let's rate the bonbons. What do you think? Is there, like, I was amazed at how well One Crazy Summer held up. I really enjoyed it. It is a fun movie. I would watch it again. It's so sweet. I didn't appreciate how sweet it was. To your point, maybe it's because I wasn't sweet yet. You were always... You said it made me sweet. No, I said maybe... I said that I could see that it would like push the, the joke buttons for you, but oh, maybe yeah. it was formative of those joke buttons. Yeah. But that too, I think it does model like the way that... There are quite a few moments in this movie that we also glossed over where it's just like... Very healthy male friendships. Yeah. Just being vulnerable with each other and supportive of each other in a way that definitely was rare in yeah. in the eighties, like in media. Well, and they're like they're outcasty, but they're not really like they don't seem to care about that. But also like it's not like a lot of society is shunning them. It's just like this one group of jerks yeah, is shunning them. So yeah. they are kind of like these social outcasts, but it's not really a thing. Yeah, it's not like in a lot of movies where that group of kids would be pining to be popular. Right. They're just doing their thing and it's not yeah. the jerk kids thing. Yeah. And they're just, yeah, like you said, they just have really positive interactions with each other. They have really great qualities of their friendships. They're all true to each other and they don't really have to earn that from each other. That's just how you treat people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think even the the stuff with Demi Moore, I think you could look at a lot of 80s movies and they would want to bend over backwards for her because she's a beautiful woman or something like that. But really, they are just like genuine friends to her because she is a nice person. And yeah, they're helping versa. her out because right. she's their friend. I think they even say that because yeah. I'm her friend. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. It was a real, I don't know, I feel like I'm just saying the same thing over and over again, but most movies weren't like that. Most movies aren't like that. And there's something really special about a movie that is like that and also is like that so naturally. Yeah. Like that's not the point of the movie, you know? Like they are having hijinks and fun and like... I sound like such an oldie saying, like, they are having hijinks, but like... They, but it's it's so goofy. It right, is hijinks. Right. Yeah. If ever there were hijinks, yeah. it's this movie full of somersaults down hills yeah. and stairs. For sure. For sure. So... The bonbons, I give... Wait, on a scale? I'm going to do it. Oh. I'm going to do it. I already have my scale ready, but go for it. Are you sure? Can I know what your scale was? We'll never know. On a scale of 1 to 10... Awesome somersaults down a hill. Whoa, really? What were you going to do? Cute and fuzzy bunnies. Oh, we'll do your one. <laughs> <laughs> what would you give the Trader Joe's cookies and cream bonbons? Oh, they were making me do a somersault down a hill. Oh, boy. Away from them. So is that more or less? Uh, 10 is, is best. Two. Whoa. Okay, three. Wow. Three. Okay, don't raise your rating on my account. No, I was just being right. I didn't make the bonbons. <laughs> yeah. Three. I'm sticking with three. You're just disappointing. A bonbon. I shouldn't have any notes about a bonbon. 
Fair enough. I had a lot of notes. You did have a lot of notes. How about you? So I really enjoyed eating these. I didn't have the problems that you did with the ice cream or the chocolate. I felt like they were great. Mm -hmm. I do, upon discussion with you, I feel like it was lacking in the cookie department and I didn't really take it down as many notches as maybe I should have in my head for that mm. on when I was eating them, but they're called cookies and cream. Yeah. And like, I think I didn't have a single or like a single cookie chunk, like maybe a little flex of cookie yeah. in my first one. I think the second one I ate had a nice big cookie piece and that's when I was like, wish there'd been more of this. Yeah. So I'm going to say... On a scale of one to ten, I'm gonna still give them a seven. Wow. It's a solid snack. You got a big heart. They have room to grow. You'd Trader be, Joe's. Get some cookies in those cookies and cream bonbons. You'd fit in well with hoops and George and Akak and egg and clay. I would love to hang out with those guys. Like, I don't know. I feel like egg would get on my nerves after a while. Yeah, egg would definitely get on your nerves. Yeah. Mine too. That was the other thing. Nobody was bothered by egg. Yeah. And he's doing the Bobcat Goldway thing. The whole time. The whole time. This is, a, this is a showcase for his bit. Yeah. It was just Bobcat Goldway as himself. Some parts of the movie are just that. Yeah. <laughs> More than one. <laughs> <laughs> you fit right in. Well, thank you. You know, big old heart like yours. I'd be over with Teddy being like, these bonbons. Get three. Get them away from my car. Yeah. I'd be Where are my it, floaties? I'd be putting it in a, a stew pot with my stethoscope, <laughs> listening to it scream. Well, thank you all for listening. If you're enjoying the show, take a second to rate, review, or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us out, and we just love reading those five-star reviews. We might even read them on the pod. We will. You can also follow us at Talkin' Tofu on Twitter or at Talkin' Tofu Pod on Instagram. And I'm at Glue and Glitter on all social media. I'm Line Leader on Twitter and Instagram. I almost changed it this weekend. What? Yeah. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have a suggestion for a food we should try, a movie we should watch, thoughts about an episode, or you have comments or questions, email them to TalkinTofuPod at gmail.com. That's talking without the G. Talkin' Tofu is a production of Caddington Inc. Our music is by Delicate Beats. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.